Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Uh, We have some wonderful things coming up in the new year. We have our 10-year anniversary, hallelujah, which is going to be absolutely glorious. I'm so looking forward to that. Uh, And then we will be having our Vision Sunday and just sharing some of the amazing things that the Lord is doing. It's just, it's a This is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. And we're so excited for what the Lord has for us in 2020, this year of declaration, this year where God is speaking and He is waiting for us to open our mouths and say what He is saying. Uh, 2020, they tell us um, that the, the Hebrew letters of the number of this year uh, this decade actually speaks of the mouth, that it's the, it's the decade of the mouth, the decade of declaration. And we wanna be very intentional to partner with the Lord very specifically and very carefully with our words, amen? Uh, and I encourage you um, to have a, little, have a listen and to go through even the word that I shared on Sunday uh, with regard to what the Lord is saying for this, new, for this new year. Who loves stepping into a new year? Uh, there is something about the opportunity, and I love, praise the Lord, in Australia that we have our summer holiday uh, at this time. Overseas, they, they have Christmas and then they're right back into it, you know? Um, but we have this little opportunity to have, um, have a, perhaps a bit of a pause where there's not as many things happening Uh, For most people, God bless those that are working uh, still very hard. But I like to take the opportunity at the start of the year to really let the Holy Spirit help me re-examine things so that I don't just go into the new year and do all the same things that I did in the last year, but to say, Lord, what is it that you want to do? Lord, I, I lay everything on the altar. Show me what you want this year because you're smarter than I am. Your ways are higher. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Hallelujah. So I encourage every one of you to come before the Lord <clears throat> and allow Him um, to, to speak to you, to give you fresh vision, to give you new ideas about uh, ways to do things and vision for what he has for the future, hallelujah, that you might dream again the dreams of God. God wants, I really believe, we don't just sing and worship here um, for the sake of it, it's not hype. What we are doing, and I love, I so honor our worship team, they are just so, so beautiful and so tuned into what the Holy Spirit's doing. But when we come corporately to praise God, to dance and to celebrate before Him, what we are doing is we are actually engaging in supernatural warfare. We are are dancing for the breakthrough, hallelujah. We are praising Him and there's, you know, the thing I love about Fridays is even if you've struggled at home to really get into praise and worship, to be able to come together corporately and spur one another on in consistent, uh, lengthy praise and worship. It's such a gift, hallelujah, for us. And it it helps us, carries us into our own personal times throughout the week as we worship and we bless Him. And there's something about that corporate anointing, celebrating and praising Him, hallelujah. 
And I believe there need, that there is, as we step into this new season, that I do believe that there is um, the opposite. I, I felt and I hear the roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah. I hear the roaring of the lion starting to come up in the hearts of people. And he's wanting, where there's been dis- depression and discouragement and, um, and lack of vision, as you come into this 2020 new year, I believe God is giving 2020 clear spiritual vision, clarity that will cause you to begin to roar again with a hope and a, a, a decision not to be a victim but to step up and to lay hold of what God has laid hold of for you. Hallelujah. That is no longer a time to be half asleep or passive or have a victim mentality that this is happening and what am I going to do? But recognize that God gives you grace for everything he asks you to do and he has given you the tools if you'll only ask, Lord, show me what to do, show me what to say and begin to say it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So I'm excited. I know the Holy Spirit is ready to help you rise up and roar in 2020. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for tonight. This is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, I thank you that your ways are higher than our ways. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And Lord, I thank you that you make all things work together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. In the name of Jesus, everybody said, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, would you turn with me to the book of Luke? We're going to look at Luke chapter one. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I've been enjoying my Bible ever since I got my new Bible. You know, when you get a new Bible, you just want to sit there and, and, um, and get into underlining it and, and enjoying it. I, I've been enjoying it so much. Um, but Luke chapter one, verse 38. As we are in this decade of declaration, I wanted to just speak with you about what it looks like to war with God, to not to war against him, but to war with him, to step into the promises and the prophecies that have been made concerning you. Luke chapter one, verse 38 speaks of Mary's response when the angel came and said that you're gonna have the Messiah. You're going to be pregnant. And she responded like this. Mary said, behold the bond slave of the Lord, May it be done to me according to your word. You know, this is the attitude God wants us to have with every promise that he makes concerning us. The Bible says that we are co-heirs with Christ, that all of his promises are yes and amen. That means any promise in this book is yours. It's available to you. But prophecies are not necessarily inevitabilities, they are invitations waiting for our response. And God waits to see how we're going to respond. He wants us to grab a hold of it by faith and say, yes, Lord, be it unto me according to your word. Yes, Lord, here I am, your servant. Be it unto me according to your word. I receive it, I take it. And I was sharing uh, the other week 
that um, I remember years ago, I was in Adelaide with James and Rochelle, and we were listening to Supraza Sitoli share about some of his experiences with seeing people raised from the dead, and we hadn't seen anyone raised from the dead. And so we recognized that just like Spurgeon uh, used to say, that prophecy is a, uh, that testimonies are a prophecy of your destiny. In that when a testimony is given, it is an invitation to what God wants to do again in your life. So when you hear a testimony of a healing, you can take it as a prophecy of what God wants to do in and through you. So we recognize, wow, we're hearing these testimonies of things that we haven't yet seen God do through us. So I started just grabbing it. We, we, I would preach about this and I'd grab it by faith. I'd actually do a physical act and I'd reach up into the air and I'd go, be it unto me, Lord, according to your word. And I'd pull it in and I'd say, oh, I'm gonna have that. And then I looked down the row and there was James and he was going, double portion, God, double portion. <laughs> and you know, that is faith that pleases God. God is waiting for us to take a hold of the good things that he has in store for us by faith and say, be it unto me according to your word. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, be it unto me according to your word. Now contrast that with Zachariah's response when the angel came to him and said Elizabeth was going to get pregnant. His response was not, be it unto me according to your word. His response was, huh, that, how, that can't happen. And before he could say anything else, the angel made him mute. Have a look at this. Zechariah said to the angel, how will I know this for certain? Instead of a faith response, he had a doubt response. I don't think I can trust you. Hello, it's, it's the angel standing in front of him in the temple, in the holiest of holies. And, and he says, how do I know that that's gonna happen? And how, how will I know this for certain, he says. For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their proper time. What happened is that when a promise was delivered to Zacharias that seemed impossible, instead of him responding going, I don't understand, but I'm your servant, be it unto me according to your word. Instead of responding in faith and laying a hold of it, using his words to line up with a posture of receiving by faith, um, he, he responded in doubt. And so the angel shut his mouth because John needed to be born. And he didn't, I believe the Lord didn't want Zacharias using his mouth to curse the promise that God was wanting to fulfill. You see, Proverbs tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. 
and those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. What we say matters. It's so important that we use our words to line up with God, why? Because the Bible tells us that He has given us the keys of the kingdom. You and I have supernatural authority in the earth. God decrees, this is what I want to do, this is what I'm gonna do. But we then need to come into agreement. He is the yes and we are the amen. We are the ones that say, so be it. So God decrees it and we need to say, so be it. We need to say, be it unto me according to your word so that, that God, um, God's purposes are able to be fulfilled. You've been given the keys and whether or not you use them to unlock your heart to receive what God wants to implant is up to you. I believe if Mary had said, no way, I don't want that, get away from me, that God would not have violated her free will. She had a choice and her choice was, yes, Lord, I receive, I'll take that, thank you. I believe it, I receive it. And we also have a choice. God says, the same works that he did and greater works will you do. But you have a choice whether you receive that and activate it or not. God's not gonna make you do greater works than Jesus. It's your choice as to how you respond, amen? amen. And so God shut his mouth until the baby was born. And then he opened his mouth and he praised God and thanked God for his promise, hallelujah. But then this week, as I was just looking in 2 Samuel uh, chapter seven, you can turn with me if you like, hallelujah. 2 Samuel seven, God gives David a promise. And he comes through Nathan the prophet and he says to David, David, I've got great news for you, Catherine paraphrase. I am going to make your descendants sit on my throne, on, on the throne of Israel forever. I am going to bless you and I'm gonna bless your descendants. And the Lord speaks, he speaks in verse eight um, and says, now therefore you shall say to my servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people Israel. I've been with you wherever you've gone and have cut off all your enemies from before you, and I will make you a great name. This is the prophecy. I will make you a great name, like the names of the great men who are on the earth. I will also appoint a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them that they may live in their own place and not be disturbed again, nor will the, will the wicked afflict them anymore as formerly even as the day I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord also declares to you that the Lord will make a house for you. When your days are complete and you lie down with your fathers, I'll raise up descendants after you who will come forth from you and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name. I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I'll be a father to him and he'll be a son to me. And when he commits iniquity, I will correct him with the rod but the stroke and, and the strokes of the sons of men. But my loving kindness shall not depart from him as I took it away from Saul. 
And he goes on and he says, your house and your kingdom shall endure before me forever. Your throne shall be established forever. What a prophecy. Wow. Really big word. But David responds to the word. It's so interesting. You can go on and read it. I won't read it all. But he begins to respond to the word in verse 18, saying, God, you're so good to me. As if it's not enough that you've done all of this and that you've made me king. God, you've been so kind to me. And then he says in verse 28, listen to this. Now, O Lord God, you are God and your words are truth and you have promised this good thing to your servant. Now, therefore, may it please you to bless the house of your servant that it may continue forever before you. For you, O Lord God, have spoken, and with your blessing, may the house of your servant be blessed forever. God's already said, I'm gonna do this, but David then comes back and says, all right, you've said this, so yes, I invite that in. Yes, I, I receive that. And, and he begins to declare it. He begins to wage war with it. And he begins to pray into the prophetic word. Why? Well, if we look in 1 Timothy chapter one, hallelujah. Many of you who've done our prophetic school will know this scripture. 1 Timothy 1.18, who knows this scripture? Mandy knows the scripture, hallelujah, this should, if you are a prophet, if you are in the prophetic ministry, you should, if you're not, you should know this. Everyone should know this. Memory verses. Verse 18, this command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you fight the good fight keeping faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. He tells Timothy, you need to wage war with the prophecies that have been made concerning you. Through faith, you need to make sure that you don't get shipwrecked. You don't end up coming short of what has been prophesied, but you need to wage war with these prophecies. You know, the promises of God in Scripture, the prophecies that we receive from the Lord, the desires that He drops into your heart, they are invitations requiring a response. And that response looks like warfare. And our warfare, when you look and you think about the armor of God, anybody remember about the armor of God in Ephesians? There's only one offensive weapon what is the offensive weapon? The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It is the spoken Word. As we pick up the Word and we speak it, as we declare it, we have a weapon and God says, I want you to use that weapon. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. You know, so often we, um, we forget that you and I are actually called to battle. And it's a battle that he's already won for us, hallelujah. So it is not something that is too hard for us. He'll give us grace for everything we need to do. But we are not called to be passive, to sit back and go, well, whatever will be, will be. But instead, 
to, to rise up and wage war with the prophetic words spoken over us, to grab a hold of it and say, okay, God, thank you so much for that promise. Thank you so much for that word. So Lord, do what you said. Do what you said. That is not, God doesn't get offended by that. He gets so pleased because he's like, oh, they believe me. I remember back when I was just 23 years old and I was, um, I was in, a, in a place where uh, the Holy Spirit was just doing such big work in my life and he began to speak to me and said, in your 30th year, I'm gonna open doors for you to begin to preach the gospel all over the world. And I, I remembered that Jesus was 30 when he started with his ministry, that Ezekiel had his vision, that Joseph was 30, um, that David was 30, and that all the priests, they didn't begin to minister until they were 30. And I wrote it in my journal, and I knew God was speaking to me, and I was so excited. And by the time I was 30, I'd had all my children, and, um, and I'd been to Bible college. I was ready, I was 30, it was time. And I had the worst year of my life. And even the things I was doing seemed to be being taken away from me. And nothing seemed to be going according to plan. And nine days before I turned 31, I got mad. I went, hang on. I have a promise. And instead of sitting back and being miserable and groaning about how things aren't happening, I need to go to war. Because there is an enemy who wants to keep you from your destiny. And we need to recognize that. But God is waiting for us to rise up and to begin to wage war with his promises. Hallelujah. So I got up and I just began to declare. I got out my journal and I said, God, you said, you said in my 30th year, you were gonna open the doors for me to begin to preach the gospel all over the world. You said, God, and it is nine days till I turn 31, so I am anticipating that you are working this out and I'm gonna see this within the next nine days. And you know what, it was that day. God then spoke to me, said, I want you to get up, I want you to go to this conference. I happened to sit next to somebody who then um, said, you know, the Lord's just put it on my heart that you should travel with me and minister with me. And I said, that sounds about right. <laughs> and it began. But you know, I often wonder what would have happened if I didn't rise up and go to war. I could have stayed home and been sorry for myself. But I would then, every day, I'd get on my treadmill, do my exercise, and I would begin to pray in the Spirit. I'd pray in tongues. I'd, as I would pray in tongues, I would believe and, and, and imagine that as I'm praying in the Spirit, God is actually laying the bricks in front of me and, and going before me and making my path straight. Because the Bible says that He prays through us, for us about things we don't even understand, hallelujah. So I'd pray in the spirit and then I would get my prophetic words 
and I would begin to decree them. God, you said. I'd pick up the promises in the Word of God. You said, I lay hands on the sick and they recover. Therefore, I'm gonna call those things that be not as though they are. I'm gonna declare, I lay hands on the sick and they recover. I'm gonna make declarations. God, you said that um, the lame will walk, the blind will see, that the same things that Jesus did and greater things would I do. Therefore, God, I am picking up that promise. Thank you for your grace and your kindness in giving us that, me that incredible promise. So Lord, I'm going to war with that and I'm gonna declare uh, the lame walk when I minister, the, the blind see, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, people are saved and healed and delivered. You promised it, so I decree it and I declare it as though it's already happening. Well, praise the Lord, today I can say, I have seen him cause the lame to walk, the blind to see, and the deaf to hear, for people to be saved and healed and delivered. And you know, the more that we are intentional and deliberate, not to sit back and be passive, but to pick up the promises and to do something with it, the more we will see the fulfillment of the promises and the purposes of Jesus. Hallelujah. God's heart is that we wouldn't be passive. Amen. You know, it, it can be easy to try and work things out in your own, in your own ways and, and to try and make things happen. We saw, you can read in the Bible about Abraham trying to make the promise happen. And you know, in the desire to see things happen, we can easily get fall into the temptation to try and, and just do it in flesh. But God's heart is that you would use the weapons he's given you. Not leaning on your understanding, but use the weapons he's given you and begin to make decrees and declarations. Begin to remember what he says. Okay, God, you said that I have the mind of Christ, so therefore, I have the mind of Christ. You said, Lord, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask. So here I am, I'm asking for wisdom. Father, I receive the wisdom of God. Thank you, Lord, that you give me wisdom to be able to make decisions that I need to make. Thank you, Father, and begin to go to war. Begin to pick up the promises. You said, Lord, I would prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. That's your will, it's the revealed will of God for me. The Bible tells that about all of us. It's his desire. I, I desire that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So if there's any, any area of your life that isn't prospering or isn't in health, then you have a, a, a right to go before the Lord and begin to make declare, decrees. Lord, I know this is your will. F.F. Bosworth used to say, faith begins where the will of God is known. So we know it's the will of God, hallelujah, for you to prosper. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's the will of God for you to prosper. It's the will of God for you to be in health. Satan comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but God comes to give life and life more abundant. It is the will of God. Don't let the enemy sell you a lie that says, oh, well, you're just meant to be, you're meant to be in this sickness, you're meant to be in this situation. God will cause all things to work together for your good if you'll take him at his word and begin to say, right, Lord, you said, you said, 
And I believe it. So I am taking hold of what you have released. God's declared it. He doesn't have to do anything else. He's already spoken it. It's there. If you're there going, oh God, why don't you do something? He's there saying, I already did. And he's waiting for you to grab a hold of it and say, be it unto me according to your word. God, I'm gonna pick up and take hold of what has been released in heaven already. And I am gonna decree it on earth as it is in heaven. Remember he told us, pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why should we be praying that? But, but that we have authority to release it in our lives and our, our circumstances. God created us to partner with him, not to be passive, but to be brides and uh, to step up and to partner with him to see his purposes, ambassadors in the earth, and open our mouth and make a declaration, amen? It's the heart of Jesus that even as you are, things are swirling and things are happening and shakings are going on and things might look a little out of control and I don't know what's going on. What you do know is what he says. And if you begin to get a hold of what he says and you begin to wage war with that promise that's been spoken over you, you might say, well, I don't have any prophecies. Well, if you're in this church, that's probably not true. <laughs> if it is, stick around. <laughs> but if you don't have any prophecies spoken over you, you have a book full yes. of absolute promises that are personally yours. Yes. Hallelujah. You say, well, I don't know what the will of God is for my life. Well, I do. The will of God for you, hallelujah, is to glorify Him and enjoy Him forever, to do the works of Jesus and greater works. That is a promise to you. All the things that Jesus did, you are called and destined to do in whatever field you are in, the heart of Jesus is for you to, to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, hope, or imagine, and to manifest Christ in, in his fullness in, in every day, hallelujah. Every day he says, I've laid up good works in advance for you to do. You could get up in the morning and say, right, you said you laid up good works in advance for me to do, so today, Thank you, Lord. You also said your sheep hear your voice. I'm one of your sheep. I've been saved by the blood of the lamb. So therefore, I can hear your voice today. Therefore, you said, Lord, trust in you in all of my ways and acknowledge you. You will make my path straight. So Lord, I look to you today and say, show me the good works you've laid up in advance for me to do today. And then you can start decreeing today, I am walking in the good works that God's laid up for me to do. I recognize all the opportunities that he gives me. My heart is alert and I am ready uh, to hear the promptings of the Holy Spirit so that I can minister with him and see him manifested in and through my life to people all around me, hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is not short of ideas for what your day can look like. There should never be a day 
that is wasted. He said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will produce much fruit, much fruit. But if you aren't aware of what's going on, if you are, aren't um, laying hold of it, stepping up and taking hold of what God's saying, then you could just waste a whole day that had good works laid up in advance for you to do because you've missed and, and not been aware that if I would only look to the helper in faith, believing that he'll show me what to do today, then, um, then you can just live. You can, you can sit and watch a whole series on Netflix or do whatever you wanna do and miss out on the good works that he's laid up for you to do. You know, I believe it's time for us as the body of Christ to recognize the urgency of the hour and the opportunity. You know, if the Bible says that he, we are, he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, hope, or imagine, that means God is bursting with thoughts and ideas about what he wants to do in and through you tomorrow. He's bursting with ideas. There's more than you can handle of what he wants to do. So all it takes is for us to say, Lord, here I am. Be it unto me according to your word. Today, Lord, you said that the same works that Jesus did in greater works would I do. You said, Lord, that as you are, so am I in this world. Lord, you are love. So today, I thank you that I manifest the love of God everywhere I go. You are patient. As you are, so am I in this world. Therefore, I manifest patience in all of my interactions today. Lord, you said uh, you, that as you are, so am I in this world. You are joy personified. Thank you, Lord, that I am filled with the joy of the Lord and the joy of the Lord is my strength and that those who interact with me today will be impacted with the joy, with the peace, with the power of the Holy Spirit in everything I say and do. That today I am not ruled by my emotions. I am not ruled by my circumstances, but I have the Word of God, which is a light to my feet, a lamp to my path, and I will not be silent. I will not let the, the enemy intimidate me into sitting back and missing out on what God has for me today. Lord, I pick up the sword of the Spirit and I say, your kingdom come, your will be done, and I begin to decree and use the Word of God to see His purposes fulfilled, amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. You know, the enemy would love to lull you into a yes. false yep. state of hopelessness. Yep. Yes. There is no need for to have one single day Amen. where we are hopeless when we have the Word of God. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. So Father, I thank you for your grace. Lord, I'm asking for a Holy Ghost awakening to come across uh, upon each and every one here and everyone watching. I'm asking for a Holy Spirit awakening that would cause them, Lord, to see afresh 
Lord, to see through the lies that the enemy has tried to envelop them with. Lord, I declare that the oppression is lifted off in the name of Jesus. I declare that they have 20-20 vision in the spirit, that they can see clearly your will, your purposes and your desires, that your kingdom and your will would be manifested on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I'm asking that you'd breathe fresh life into them. Lord, that you'd help them, Father, to read your word, to hear your voice and to speak what you are saying, that that word of God would cut two ways, in your mouth and in theirs, Lord God, and that your kingdom would be established in and through us. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. We're going to pray for a few people. Hallelujah. But who feels a stirring? Hallelujah. God is wanting to stir us. And you know, the beauty of the Bible is that it can cut through all the nonsense. It doesn't change with your circumstances. It doesn't change with your feelings. It doesn't even change with your behavior. Stays the same and is always available for when you're ready to come back and say, okay, Lord, your word, your word's a lamp to my feet. Speak to me today. Help me, Lord. Thank you that you give me grace and power to do what this says and that you give me help in ever-present help in time of need and that you're with me to lead me and to guide me. Amen. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website www.glorycitychurch.com.au We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au God bless.